I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, Finding Yourself in Life's Little Moments. Hi, dear listener. So it's, oh gosh, about quarter to two in the afternoon. I'm up here at my favorite spot, overlooking the vast Pacific. The water is a kind of variegated sort of expanse of green blue, turquoise blue, steely blue, moving out towards the horizon. It's um, a gentle wind and there's a single little white boat at some fairly significant distance from shore that's dotting the the vast expanse of blue-green and today it looks like there are fires but the wind conditions are such the smoke is not here in this location at the moment. So it's very strange. You really are um, subject to the winds and the conditions and the fires have been really quite intense. And I read on Facebook this morning there was an article about how 40 homes were burned today, this morning. I mean, so that's fairly southwest of Sydney. So that's pretty incredible and here if I hadn't have read that I wouldn't have known that you know um, the conditions are such that it appears that they're not they're not fires so but there are so this is the situation here in New South Wales Australia December 2019 moving into a new year a new year that I think will be quite consequential and significant and uh, full of many profound changes, many profound manifesting realities and manifestations. So the topic that I thought to share with you today has to do with intention. And I was speaking with my friend Daniel, who has been a trusted support and guide for now almost four years. Pretty incredible. My life has um, been enormously, um, gosh, I mean, it's hard to, I made a whole podcast about this. It's a bit hard to quantify the effect of his, frankly, life-saving uh, support, you know, um, as I was going through a lot. I'll tell you, friends, and particularly ones who are gifted with the ability to perceive your situation and assist you in navigating what can be sometimes enormously difficult circumstances, that, that, that kind of person is really, you know, there's no, there's no quantifying the value of that kind of person, and that's sort of the category I put my friend Daniel in. So we were talking, and uh, and we were talking, and he was 
we were talking about intention, he was mentioning intention, I began to think about intention more because of that conversation. And um, I think to myself, you know, it's a very interesting thing. The image that comes to my mind is, because intention can, I think, be um, sort of defined maybe in, in a variety of ways, in a variety of contexts. Um, I intend to go to the post office. I intend to clean the apartment. You know, I intend to finish my work. Uh, I intend to finish writing my book, which I did. That required a lot of intention and a lot of years of intention and dedication. You know, these are all different sorts of expressions of intention, human intention. But I, I, I'd like to talk about intention in kind of a particular way. That kind of intention is has to do with a relationship with the powers of creation. So what one might call God, the universe, the divine. And the image that comes to my mind is the image of creation, the image titled creation. I think it's the creating of is it the creating of Adam, of humans? I'm not sure, but it, you know, it's the very famous image by Michelangelo, the Sistine Chapel, um, of the human person reaching their hand out to God, and God reaching his hand out to the human, and their hands reaching towards each other, you know, and touching, and that point is the context for the definition of intention that I'd like to, to share with you. So, to express and um, activate one's intention in relationship to, in relationship with God... Is, is quite incredible. Okay, that's that's that is a sublimely beautiful expression of human intention. And it seems to me that there's certain sorts of defining qualities to that, you see, because you know, the power of God is moving through us all the time. So in some sense, you know, it's there whether we're conscious of it or not. But when we're conscious of it, then something I think really extraordinary happens, which is that we become kind of empowered in a way that is, like I said, you know, sublimely beautiful. And at the same time, we're surrendered. You see, there's a kind of magnificent paradox in this. We're both become, we become powerful, we become activated, but at the same time, our will, our intention is in a kind of surrender to, in a surrender to the, um, the force of something greater than ourselves. And that disposition you know, that way of being is, um, I think, probably what the great, how the great mystics lived, you know, how the great 
people on earth over time lived in that kind of surrender to the divine moving through them you know the force of good the force of love the force of of love so this paradoxical kind of quality this paradox where you feel both kind of a deep rightness and a deep sort of focus and yet you're in a state of receptivity ongoing receptivity to what it is that wants to you know come forth that is uh, you know a very particular way of, of being I think and um, I love that because there's something that I'm beginning to feel. I've shared in these recent podcasts, you know, some of the difficulties that I've been in, encountering and that have been um, really challenging, you know, for me. And uh, last night I went to bed, you know, because I pray all the time and I pray and I write and I pray and I talk to God all the time. And there was something that happened, you know, that um, I think for the, maybe for, in some ways, for the first time, I actually began to feel easeful, like I could rest back into his arms. I could rest back into the messages that were coming to me. I could let go of what it's, been to feel defensive naturally I've had to feel and be defensive and in a either defensive or offensive state because of all the things that have impacted me things that have been you know done to me um, so that's that's natural but um, I began to sort of feel like oh my gosh I can actually let some of this go now, you know, I can let some of this go now. I can begin to hear that voice, which I've been hearing now for some time, in a fairly pronounced way. I can begin to listen to that and know that I can, I can let go into it and trust that um, it's going to be okay, you know, so it's a kind of trust. And last night, you know, dear listener, I went to bed. And frankly, I've actually been sleeping better than I've slept in years. Um, Kind of amazingly, just over these last few weeks. uh, It's something to be able to sleep, you know. We all often, people often have a lot of trouble sleeping. I mean, for various reasons, right? But what's sleep? It's when you feel like you can be undefended. It's where your guard is down. It's where you're in a sense the most vulnerable and you feel that you can be vulnerable. So it's really wonderful because I think the way one sleeps and how one sleeps is a bit of a barometer, you know, for how things are in one's life. And um, that's a theory of mine. I just made it up, but (laughs) I think it might be true to some extent. And um, 
you know, but I slept and, and last night I just went to bed thinking, feeling, wow, I think I can begin to relax. And the most beautiful dreams came. I dreamt that I was in some, oh gosh, I don't know, it was a bit like a school. There were kind of a lot of children. I mean, I obviously teach a lot of children, but it was a school where there were a lot of children and I didn't. I don't think they were the ones, I don't think they were my students, but it was a kind of situation like that. But what was so striking about it, and what was so striking about it, was that the quality of innocence in these children was so palpable, and so palpably beautiful, disarmingly beautiful. And there was such a sense of repose in myself that I was there without any... Um, defendedness. You know, there was nothing that was holding me back in myself because of circumstances, whatever it was, right? That was holding me back from fully feeling the innocence that was coming from these young beings, these young children of varying sorts. And, you know, one of the things that actually has been part of my life for you know, some time now, um, has been the experience of working with people with what we call disabilities. You know, I don't actually particularly like that word, but for lack of a, just to, you know, just, I'm just going to say disabilities, you know, but people with, because I just don't see it that way at all, frankly, dear listener, but I've had this opportunity to work with people with Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy, you know, blindness, born blind, you know. I mean, many things that one would associate with um, a limitation, right? The limita- a, limitating, a limiting factor on life, the ability to live life. Well, I can tell you that my experience is that it's the absolute opposite. And not only are these kinds of things which I just listed not limiting in some profound ways for the people for whom they exist, but they're actually freeing for the people who find themselves in the midst of individuals who quote-unquote have these quote-unquote disabilities, you know? And, um... As I've been working in music with people with, you know, Down syndrome, autism, blindness, all these these kinds of things that I listed, cerebral palsy, etc. Um, also, older people, dementia, you know, um, etc. I have been freed by my experience in ways that I can't even begin to describe to you. Why? Because people who find themselves with those quote-unquote disabilities, and this is why I think it's such a rotten word. <laughs> it's a ridiculous word. It's a, it's a, the word's wrong, actually. It's just plain wrong. Is, um, is because my experience is that though the people that I've worked with, the people that I've had the blessings to be in close 
proximity to sitting at the piano creating music together have demonstrated for me, have shared with me a kind of guilelessness, a state of innocence, a state of openness, a state of vulnerability, like, but there's nothing, but they don't even know that, right? They don't even, they're not even conscious of that, a self-conscious, selfless, uh, unselfconsciousness, okay, that has infected me, that has, that has, like, showered me, that has kind of cloaked me with these feelings of deep, you know, I've been deeply moved, poignant, poignancy, okay, all of these incredibly beautiful sorts of experiences, and my heart, my shielded, defended, you know, heart that's come through so much has been freed in these experiences, freed in duet sitting with people at the keyboard, at the piano, you know, listening to the incredible music that they make, and um, how they, how, how, how person, you know, how any, any of the people that I'm describing to you have, have expressed themselves, oh my gosh, it's been just incredible. So in this dream last night, there were many people, young people, okay, children, really, I think, in the state of radical undefendedness, you know, a state of just unselfconscious innocence, innocence, just innocence. And I was so moved by that, and I was so able to be moved by it, because I was no longer carrying this defense in myself, you know? You see? We don't realize the um, damage, you know? There's a, you know, they talk about collateral damage. Well, there's a kind of damage that's done, all right, when things happen to people of whatever sort, you know, when they go through a lot, when they're hurt, when they're in fear, you know, whatever the circumstances, right? The collateral damage is the damage to one's heart. It's invisible. It's totally invisible. But there's a kind of damage that's done. And simultaneous is sort of she, you know, simultaneously a sort of shield that's put up, you know, before your heart that stands between your heart and the world, and you don't even know it's there. It's invisible. It's invisible. And uh, last night in the stream, it wasn't there. <laughs> it wasn't there. So that was really something. And then there was sort of this feeling of incredible love and this incredible feeling of love. And um, I woke up and just felt so at home in myself. You know, you might hear the plane going by. I love these planes, these seaplanes. They've got, I've talked about this before, you know, I see them often. They go up and down the coast here. I think they might be taking people just for sort of sightseeing but they have pontoons on them and I love this metaphor I love the idea I love the thought the feeling you know the sort of imagining imaginings in my mind that you know and and truth that this plane can actually land you know it can land on the water that means that it can land kind of almost anywhere and I just think oh my gosh there's a sort of independent independence in that that's just absolutely um you know 
I just think it's marvelous. So I love these pontoon planes, you know. There's a feeling of freedom when I see them, like they can land anywhere. They can land on the water, you know. Anywhere on the water. I mean, assuming it's not too rough, I guess anywhere on the water. So, um, anyhow, so yeah. So getting back to intention, you know, intention is kind of the state into being into it with God, you know, it's the state where you are, you're not shielded, you know, you, you, you know, that, that shield isn't between you and yourself, you know, it's dropped away and the state of vulnerability, right? You know, the world living on earth has been really a bit of a hard trot, as they say. I don't know if that's an English expression or an Australian one, but, you know, it's a bit of a hard trot, right? It's like, it's like you're going along and it's, it's not comfortable, you know, so many things happen, so many things happen, so many things happen, and um, we become shielded without even realizing it. It, it, it could be in, in invisible increments, it could be in minute increments, or maybe big increments, right, and then at some point you find yourself at some point in your life, you know, and uh, at whatever point that is, you may find, oh my gosh, you know, something breaks through that, and you find yourself just feeling... Um, a kind of awe. So, I guess the intention that I was thinking about, you know, and then thinking about this image, you know, Michelangelo's image of creation and uh, the Sistine Chapel and those two hands reaching towards each other, right? That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful image. And I think about what it means now to listen to this beautiful voice that God gives me, that tells me, to listen and know, you know, to listen and listen and listen and rest back into the sound of it, into the words, into what he's saying to me, into what the, the guidance that I'm receiving, and to begin to feel like my heart can open, like my heart can drop its shieldedness, and uh, that, that um, the beauty of life can begin to come through, you know, can begin to come through unimpeded, 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 and I can begin to become free. I can become, am becoming free. So that's what I wanted to share with you, dear listener. I hope that you're well. Thank you for listening. May God bless you and everything as we are heading into this new year. May every blessing be yours, you know. 2020 as we move into this new year and onward may every blessing be yours now and always now and always bye for now bye